welcome back to the Euctropolis podcast. I'm your host, James Hill. In this episode, we're going to go out there and see how we can use a little bit of technology to make practice more fun and more creative. It's called the delay pedal, and it's going to take us to a whole nother ukulele dimension. So stick around. Okay, this week we're going to start with some music. I'm going to play you something, have a listen, and then we'll talk about what I'm doing to make it sound like this and why it can make your practice and your teaching more fun. Here we go. Okay, so what is going on? (laughs) Well, let's talk about it. I was playing a chord, and then that chord was being repeated in the background by a little magic box called a delay pedal. That's right, a delay pedal. You might have heard of this. Maybe you haven't heard of this. A delay pedal is just an echo effect. So I play something, and it plays it right back to me. If I set it to just one repetition, then it will just bounce it back to me once. And if I set it to many, many repetitions, I play it once, and then it just keeps playing it over and over and over again. Now, this is the musical or the audio equivalent of a house of mirrors, right? When you walk into a house of mirrors at the fair, you see yourself refracted in and reflected in so many ways. There's only one of you, but you see yourself from many perspectives. And that's exactly what's happening here. There's only one C chord, but through the prism of this echo effect, I can sit back and hear my own C chord in a way that perhaps I can't when I'm the one playing the C chord. So very much like a mirror. I can also add things on top. And then I can sit back and listen to what I did. One of the difficulties in music is that we can't hear ourselves most of the time. Kind of one of the ironies of music is that the very act of making music makes it difficult to hear the music that we're making. Dancers, they can see what they look like. They stand in front of a mirror 
They can see their posture. They can see what to correct. They can see if their intention is being translated into their bodies. But musicians, it's a little harder. Of course, you could record yourself. Uh, I know a lot of um, people like to record their practice or videotape their practice. And this is easier than ever because you can do it on your phone. But then you have to sit there and listen back to it, which takes twice as much time. It's kind of like going on a vacation and taking a whole lot of great photos. But then what are you going to do? Like sit at home and just look at your photos of your vacation? I guess people do that. (laughs) But I've always wondered, you know, like... What do you do with all that video that you take on vacation? You so to spend half your life on vacation and then the other half of your life you dedicate to sitting on the couch watching your former vacations? I, it never quite made sense to me. And recording your practice, while it's a very good idea, um, is different from this house of mirrors, isn't it? This house of mirrors is kind of instant feedback. Here's what you just did right? There's no other way to get that feedback. And that's why I think that this delay pedal, this echo effect has a lot of potential, both as a creative tool and as a teaching tool. And that's what I want to focus on here this week. If you've been listening to the podcast for a while, you will know that um, I'm inspired by many, many things, um, not the least of which is my son, who has been going on this incredible learning journey as a, as a young, creative person. And watching him turn into a young musician has been really enlightening for me and really joyful to watch him explore creative pathways and learning pathways that I had never considered. It, it's just been one of the joys of my life. And just in the past week or two, um, we've had a mixing board set up in the living room of our house because Anne and I were doing some recording with the piano, which is in that part of the house. And we had some microphones set up and we had the mixing board. And the mixing board has this echo effect built into it. And of course, you know, as as usually happens, we, we didn't get all of the music recorded in one day. So we left the mixing board and the microphones set up in the living room. You know, this is life with musicians. And so, you know, my son comes home from school, he sees the mixing board, he goes over to it, he starts playing with it, he puts on some headphones, and I'm in the kitchen just, you know, doing some dishes or minding my own business. And the next thing I know, he's making all these sounds, these really uh, creative, interesting uh very dedicated and sincere kind of outbursts of sound. And, and I'm going like, what, what is he doing? What What is he hearing that I'm not hearing? And, and I realized that he'd put the headphones on and was saying things into the microphone and making noises into the microphone. And he'd turned on this echo effect, this echo effect, which was the house of mirrors, which when he makes one sound, it makes a hundred sounds back to him. And he was laughing and, and creating and singing and talking and playing at the piano and just so engaged in this, I don't know if I would say it was a musical process, but it was certainly an audio process. And he was becoming lost in this sound world that he was making. And that really got me thinking, I, you know, I know there are some kids out there in classes um, who 
aren't engaging with music in a conventional way. The conventional pathways that we provide for them don't engage them in a way that meaningfully pulls them into music. And so often teachers are at a loss. And well, what do we do? What do we do with kids who just aren't coming on board? Well, I don't know. You could try a hundred things, but this might be one of those things. And what about players who are sitting at home saying, oh, my, my practice feels stale. I feel stuck. I don't know what to do to bring a sort of a freshness and a life back into my practice routine. I don't know how to get better. I feel like I'm just, uh, I just hit a wall. Well, you could try a hundred things, but this might be one of them. I think this will jolt you out of a rut. I'm always on the lookout for things that can jolt you out of a rut. I've said before, some of those things in my own life have been jazz on the ukulele. Uh, also, campanella style on the ukulele. The John King's uh, sort of classical harp-like style on the ukulele. Clawhammer has been another big one for me. Uh, arranging has been another big one. Teaching the instrument has been another way of jolting myself out of a rut. But here is another little thing to add to that list, the delay pedal and the sound world that we create when we enter into this house of mirrors. So let's take a closer look at how to make this happen for yourself. The first thing you're going to need is an ukulele, although I will say ukulele is optional here. If you want to hook up a microphone and just do this with your voice, that's fine too. But I recommend using this as a way to explore the ukulele uh, more deeply. So get your ukulele. It should have a pickup in it if it's going to access this magical land, uh, this magical house of mirrors. It really works best if you have a pickup. And then you're going to need a delay pedal. Now, the one that I pulled out of an old dusty box of gear over in the corner here, uh, I bought this when I was a teenager. It's a Boss DD5 digital delay. Now, there are many, many types of delay pedals out there, and most of them do kind of the same thing. But the Boss Digital Delay, that's the DD5 model, that's the one I'm using right here. And just before I started recording the podcast, I looked at some secondhand listings to see what this would cost me if I bought it now. You can pick one of these up for $100 to $150. That's Canadian dollars. Um, and if that's too much money, because I know that's a lot of money, if you're investing for yourself or, say, your classroom, you can get uh, lower-priced models that uh, aren't quite as fancy as the DD5. You can get a delay pedal for $50 to $100 if you shop around a little bit. So that's the price range that we're talking about to get into this kind of a sound. Um, and you'll have to decide if, if that's possible for you and if that's worth it. So you take a cord, you plug it into the ukulele, you plug the other end into the delay pedal, and then there's another cord that comes out the other side of the delay pedal, and that cord will go into your speaker, your amp, or whatever it is that's actually going to give you this sound of the echo. Because obviously it's not going to come from the ukulele. The ukulele is the source. It's the one thing that is being reflected. And then you'll need a speaker or an amplifier to actually bring that um, reflection to life. So that's what I have right here. I've got my ukulele, cable, delay pedal, cable, and in this case I'm going in straight into my computer. So I'm going to turn on the pedal and play a chord. Here's what it sounds like. 
That might be sort of what it sounds like when you first plug it in. If you listen close, you'll, you'll hear that it sounds a bit like I'm in a big echoey gym or, or a church. And that's because the delay time is set to a very, very small interval. And this comes off sounding more just like a reverb. But most delay pedals will have a setting that allows you to extend the time between these repetitions. So I'm going to do that now. Extend it a little bit. Okay. Now we're getting something a little more spacey. This sounds less like a believable kind of a room reverb and more like something otherworldly and artificial. Now let's extend the, the time of that delay even more. Now we've got what sounds almost like a, like a loop. It's not quite a loop because eventually it does fade away, but it's getting, um, it's getting there. Let's, let's go to the maximum uh, delay time on this particular pedal. That would sound like this. And honestly, this is the setting that I normally use when I'm just jamming around or when I'm uh, trying to lose myself in this sound world. Um, I like to set a pretty long delay time. And I also like to pump up the number of repeats uh, so that this, uh, this chord doesn't fade away too quickly. It stays around for a long time like this. And now that becomes the foundation for something. Something I don't know what, but let me try adding something over top of that. I'm just picking random notes that I think sound nice with that chord. I might have to go back and boost that chord a little bit by playing it again. Because this becomes like spinning plates. You know, you gotta go back to the first plate and spin it up again. Okay, so, so far I'm getting sort of this um, undulating, kind of uh, repeating, echoey, otherworldly sound world. And this, this is a good start. Um, one thing that you can do is just basically play the open strings. Just meander very gently. I'm just playing the open strings one at a time. very gently and what I'll end up with is sort of a wind chime effect. Maybe I can add some harmonics to give it that sort of bell-like quality. Just random open strings. 
then let me give you some tips for where to go next with it. Because that on its own is amazing and engaging and, and wonderful. But <laughs> by definition, it gets a little repetitive, right? And so I'm always looking for, you know, how can I establish a, a backdrop and then put some main characters in front of that backdrop? How can I create a set and then bring on some characters in front of that set? And, and you know, I'm, I'm just as an analogy to the way I'm going to construct the music, um, having the set and the characters is a nice way of conceptualizing sort of the, the accompaniment and the melody. So if I wanted to create a, a, a backdrop, uh, well, I've already done that. I can, uh, I can create something that bubbles away nicely. Here are some harmonics at the 12th fret. where there's a little trick I want to show you and that is if you have a pickup on your ukulele you should also have well in most cases a little knob that controls the volume and when you're happy with the backdrop that you've created turn down the volume on your pickup and that will stop sending signal to the delay pedal. And now you can play over top of this without muddying up the background. And just like that, we have our backdrop and then we have these main characters. Do you hear how the backdrop is starting to fade away? So now I might go and bolster that backdrop by turning the volume up again and returning to my set construction with some harmonics in this case. I'm going to turn down the volume again, which frees me up to play over top. just playing notes uh, from the C scale. And just having a whole lot of fun. I will probably stay here and play the C scale notes way more than if I were sitting there trying to play scales up and down the fretboard.
this kind of creative noodling, we often discourage it because, you know, it's not seemingly as disciplined as playing scales in a more regimented way. But you know what? That just doesn't work for everyone. There is no one-size-fits-all practice routine. And I've just gotten a lot of joy from this uh, kind of creative noodling. And sure, you can noodle around just on your own, sitting on the couch, watching TV, whatever. But doing this and creating the background is just that much more satisfying. This house of mirrors effect, this echo effect where you construct the set and then you bring real life sort of melodic characters onto the set and you go back and forth between the two. That is an incredibly rich, creative musical experience. And that's exactly what my son was doing in the living room with the mixing board and this echo effect. So let's have a look at a couple other techniques that I, I want to recommend here. This is not a full-blown, comprehensive look at what you can do with a delay pedal. My goodness, there's really infinite possibilities. But there are a couple of tips um, and a couple of ideas that I want to equip you with so that when you do go and get your own delay pedal or your school buys one for your classroom, that you have a few tricks up your sleeve to get started with. One of the things I really like uh, and what I demonstrated right off the bat before I even told you what I was doing was using the volume knob, once again, uh, in a sort of dynamic way. What I mean is striking the strings, and then with the hand that would normally fret the chord, I've actually got that hand on the volume knob. Now, this presupposes that you do have a pickup with a volume knob. I know, this is not everybody. But if you do have a uke with a pickup and a volume knob, this will work. You take your hand uh, that would normally fret the notes and you sweep up the volume knob and then you sweep it back down which creates a sort of a um, uh, a wave of sound uh, like this uh, and what it does is it removes that initial attack of the chord uh, which is that initial moment of contact with the strings that has a lot of definition to it but we can remove it by sweeping in the sound like this You hear that in the background? Right after I strike the chord, then I bring the volume up and back down. A little bit of coordination, but you get the hang of it. Now, this is a lot like uh, using a dimmer switch on a light. You know, you're fading it in and then fading it out. Fading it in and fading it out. Not like flipping the switch and all of a sudden turning the chord on. That's what we normally hear when we strum. Here, using the volume knob, I'm fading it in and fading it out like a dimmer switch. And we get this kind of flashing light sort of effect. As if... As if there were sort of five lighthouses on a hill overlooking the water and their lights were sort of revolving at different intervals. You imagine the amazing light show 
that that would give you. Or maybe something a little closer to home. If you've ever lined up at a red light and and watched everybody's uh, indicators flash at slightly different speeds, you get a similar kind of effect here. Well, here we have this otherworldly kind of backdrop. You take out the volume and now just play acoustically over top of that. very immersive kind of sound. And if you're not sure about what notes to play over something like this, and remember, because I have to use my left hand to sweep in the volume, I have to use all the open strings. And unless I retune the ukulele to give me a different chord, I'm just gonna get this open sound, which we call C6. You could also think of it as A minor 7. So what notes am I going to jam over the top of this with? Well, here's a neat trick. The first and second strings. Let's just confine ourselves to the A string and the E string. If you just play on the frets that have dots on them, you'll get a really nice sound. That is all I was doing in my little improvisation. Either on the A string, the dotted frets, or on the E string, the dotted frets. Bingo. Lovely sound very soothing, calming, and, as I said, um, immersive for the player. Okay, maybe this is not the kind of music you're going to go and buy a ticket to, to go watch a concert of. Maybe it is, maybe it isn't. The point is what this does for the mind and body and soul of the player who's engaged in it. This is music to lose yourself in, and that's really important. I'm not sitting here trying to entertain you right now. I'm sitting here uh, letting you in on a very personal process, right? This is something I would normally do quite privately, really for my own enjoyment, for my own mental health, for my own well-being. This is not music that is uh, necessarily meant to entertain. That's very different from a lot of the music that we hear and that we play. So keep that in mind as you're, uh, as you're listening to yourself and your students explore this. This is music that puts process first, uh, not the product. So before I wrap it up here today, I want to share with you uh, one of the little jams that I was creating uh, just as I was experimenting with this delay pedal this morning before hitting record on the podcast. 
I picked up the flat pick that was sitting in front of me here on my desk, also known as a plectrum or guitar pick. And um, if you are using a ukulele in the classroom level three to teach your students, or if you're in the Jehui teacher certification program in the level three class and you're starting to learn how to do tremolo, or if you're in uh, the ukulele way and you're starting to learn how to use the flat pick on solo arrangements, this may be just the ticket for you because the flat pick and the tremolo effect work beautifully in concert with the delay pedal. For example, even if I just sit here and play one note over and over with the flat pick, very gently and let it sort of build steam, you'll hear it swirl into this sort of stampede of sound. That's just one note played over and over again. Like a rainstorm. Maybe I go to the next string and do the same thing. Fade away my own sound and let the delay pedal take over. Add another note, maybe. Now turn down my volume, which allows me to play without interfering with what's happening in the pedal. I know a lot of us have been spending a lot of time alone and away from our musical friends over the past couple of years. Well, this is a way to get a sense of performing with other sounds. And I'm not going to say that this is a replacement for actually having real friends to play real music with, but this kind of um, layered sound sculpture uh, gives you a sense that you are not alone uh, in this music. And uh, that can be a really good thing. It's a good feeling. Now let's continue on this flat pick path just a little further. What about something more rhythmic? What if I start with just a single note? That gives me the tempo of this echo. And as I start to put something more rhythmic over the top, I'm going to start very, very quietly. In just the same way that uh, when you're starting a sketch with a pencil, you start very lightly. And as you become more confident about where the line actually is, then you start to apply the pressure.
fade away and let the let the pedal take over. Another layer now on another string. back to my initial idea. And prop it up a little bit, give it a little more volume. Otherwise it'll fade away. This is like a chef going around and checking all the pots on the stove to make, the, make sure they're still boiling. Why not? Let's add one more layer here. again. Make sure they're all still boiling. Now I'm going to turn down the volume completely on the uke play some stuff over top that won't get into the, uh, the delay pedal at all. different than a loop pedal because eventually it will fade away. So if I turn on the volume on my ukulele one last time, I can go back and give a little extra to each one of those layers. But because they're fading away, why don't I have a little fun with it? Why don't I play a variation on those original motifs? Maybe something that takes me to a new harmony. 
ukulele so that I'm not feeding into this house of mirrors anymore and play over top. see how you can get totally lost and completely lose track of time. You can get right into the flow of this and to be honest I don't even know how long that went on for. I mean it could have been two minutes. It could have been five minutes. I really don't know. I became lost in that music. I became lost in that world, that sound world. I became lost in that exercise. Where, where does exercise end and music begin? Creativity begin? This totally blurs the lines there. there. There's no separation in this case between practice and creativity, between work and play. There is no duality when you start to dive in to this type of activity. And that's what I'm hoping that you get from this episode. A sense of uh, inspiration, curiosity, wonder, uh, and hope that there are pathways that you haven't yet explored. Whether that's in your teaching or whether that's in your own personal ukulele practice, there are pathways that you haven't explored that are beckoning you and that are so much fun and are so rich in what they can offer. This is just one of many, but this is all enabled by a little piece of technology called a delay pedal. So I hope you'll maybe go rent one from the store, maybe find one secondhand, borrow one from a friend, see if you can bring some of that magic into your ukulele life. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of the Yuketropolis podcast. I'm James Hill, and I'll be back again next week with more real ukulele answers to real ukulele questions. Or maybe not. Maybe we'll go off script again like we did this week and just explore something interesting and fascinating that will bring something special to your ukulele journey. In the meantime, you can always find me over at yuketropolis.com. We have a whole library of unique online ukulele courses and a really warm, supportive community of learners from all over the world. So come join us if you haven't already. We've got lots of free samples. Until next week, take care and keep on strumming.